So Romans 5, verses 3 to 5, says, We also glory in our sufferings, because we know suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope, depending on the translation you use, hope does not put us to shame. Hope does not disappoint us. Hope, in one translation, says this hope is not a fantasy. The hope we have in Christ is real. It is not like the hope that the Leafs will win the cup. This is a real hope founded on certainty. And those of you who are Leafs fans and who now hate me, if the Leafs do win the cup, I'll bake you cupcakes. I won't bake. So we've been asked to talk about hope today and to tell a story of hope from our lives. And actually, Alex is going to start. So uh, when you think of hope, uh, often you can think of a situation where you are looking forward to something, like White Christmas or, or, or so on. In some cases, though, you actually need to anchor your, faith, your, your hope in something to actually have a source. And that source then allows you to have hope, have hope in something. So we actually sung some great um, worship songs today about waiting for that, that hope to come through. And often we think of hope as a, as a promise. And so we're going to give a couple of examples uh, of, in, of our own lives uh, and, and some Bible passages with, with the hope that comes from that promise. So just as a, as a, as on a personal note, um, when I was growing up, I was, grew up in England, in case you, you didn't recognize the accent. And, and I grew up in a, in a non-Christian family. We didn't go to church. I became a Christian around 17. And um, my, my father was always fairly anti-church. You know, why are you going there? Oh, don't give you money to, to, to that lot. Um, five years ago, I attended his funeral. Um, and he had, had gone through a lot of illness and, and was in a senior's home. And in the last year of his life, he wanted to know that he could go to heaven when he died. And he gave his life to Jesus, and I got to stand at his funeral in a church and to, to say the, the, the testimony of, of, of that life turned around, that life longing for, for that hope. Now, I had been praying for him 25 years. I had not, I'd missed out on a relationship being able to share faith with him. And yet, sometimes when you're waiting and you don't know the answer, you don't know the timing, there's a, there's a persistence there that gives you that confidence that says, keep on keeping on. Now, we talked a little bit about Jesus coming. And there were two people in the Bible who were waiting on Jesus coming for all sorts of reasons. Now, Mary and Joseph had their own plan. And if you have a baby in the family, then you certainly you, you're, you're aware of where that's coming in. But there's also, once Jesus was born and presented in the temple, Mary and Joseph met two other characters in the Bible. Uh, one was called Simeon in Luke 2, 25. Simeon was a righteous and devout man. He'd been given a picture, as Wayne described, a, 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 a promise, a, a future telling, that Jesus was going to come as a Messiah and was going to, be, to bring the, the, the redemption of, of Jerusalem and, and the world. 
and he, he was told that he wouldn't die before that, that, that came to pass and he would see it. So when he picked up the little baby in his arms, he was actually reminded of that promise and was able to hold and touch the reality of that promise coming true. So that was a, a long time coming, but it was a foretelling and then, a, and then a, an arrival. And another person who was also accompanying them in the temple at the time, uh, an 84-year-old by the name of Anna, who was, uh, she lived a, a very um, um, righteous life and chose to, to live in the temple and to pray constantly all her days, almost like probably a monastery would be today uh, or, or a nunnery. And in that, in that moment, she was also able to see that this was the foretelling of the Messiah to come, the coming king in this little baby that she was allowed to hold. So when you get to cuddle a little baby, then think of, think of the, that waiting period of, of Jesus coming and the, the future uh, delivery of all mankind for, our, for this forgiveness of our sins. So that when God speaks, there's a certainty that follows. Sometimes we don't always understand it, and sometimes we don't always believe it. But when it's spoken by God, it, it's not just a casual hope. It's a, it's a hope anchored in a sovereign lo love that's going to bring things to pass. And as, as one of the worship songs sang today, come and see what the Lord has done. Right? There's that, that arrival. Now, there's times where you may be given a, a picture or a hope of something to come, a, a, a future job, and you don't really see what's going on. So just to, in relating to our lives, um, we actually met at University of Waterloo um, and actually got married in, in, in England. And as we, as we were newly married, we lived in a, in a city in northern England, in, in Leeds, uh, we lived there a few years. We were a bit restless. We had no kids. We were uh, in, in jobs, but it was sort of a little, little restless, if that makes sense. And in that moment, there was kind of a longing for something bigger. Where is, where is God's plan taking us? Like, I, I mean, it's okay. You know, we're, we're, we're doing fine. We're holy. We're healthy. We've got to, uh, you know, got, got to fit, uh, uh, doing well in a marriage. But like, where is God taking us? So we started sort of just questioning God. God, you know, are we supposed to get more involved in our church? And it was like, nah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, is it something in the a city? Maybe, you know, a, a city-wide uh, program or something? It's like, mm, yeah. And it actually drew us to question from England to come back to Canada for Emily and for me uh, to, to actually move to Canada, uh, which was where her parents were. My folks were in England. Um, and the more we pushed in, the more it just, yeah, yeah, I don't know what we're doing there. I don't know what we're going to do there. I don't know whether we're going to be standing at the front of church one day. Um, but yes, yes and amen. So we, we started filling out paperwork. I had to get a visa and things like that. And, and if you've had to fill out government or, or, or country level paperwork like that, it's, it's pretty, pretty dire. Um, but in that, in that moment, um, we, we had a direction. We didn't know the, the details. We had a direction. So in, 
in the direction we started stepping. Now, I had a, a pretty good job. I'd just been promoted. I was in, in, uh, in IT, and, and things were going really well. It seemed weird to sort of let that all go and start again. But there was a sort of like, OK, well, God, you have delivered in the past. Let's, let's, let's push in. So we put a house on the market. Now, we lived in, a, in an urban area, which was um, fairly rough. A uh, welfare area uh, uh, in some would be the equivalent, of perhaps in some, if you can picture, in, in some areas of, uh, of the cities in Canada. Um, you know, that there was you, you, you thought twice about going out after dark. Um, and in that space, we wanted to sell our house. Now, there were three other houses on the, on, in our area that were also up for sale. And they'd been on the market for, for I think, one over a year. So we were like, OK, well, we've got to, we, we kind of got to go somewhere. We'll sell the house, right? Uh, and this could take a while. Well, our house sold in record time, and uh, also in a, in a situation where 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 we, we couldn't understand the timing of it, it was just uh, just sooner than expected. Now, the interesting part of that was we were then without a house, but our paperwork hadn't come. <laughs> so, so, but God moved a couple in our, in our church, and they invited us to stay with them uh, as they were getting ready to move themselves. So they said, we've got a spare room right now, we're moving, but here for now, let, let's stay with you. So the Lord provided in that way. We, we'd put, so we had, we were in a space of waiting. So I gave them a notice of my job, we're moving, and the paperwork came through, and we were able to, to move to Canada. When we arrived, um, we were told, Wow, this is the first visa paperwork that we've seen that took, took it under two years when ours took about nine months. So it was just like all the steps were lining up a little bit, as, uh, as Tammy has mentioned. And in that space, we were like, okay, so there's obviously a plan coming. When we arrived, we were starting a little bit at the bottom of the careers. We had uh, no home again. We didn't move from a house to, uh, to, uh, to just uh, borrowing a, a parent's basement for, for a little bit while we got settled. And the money for the house covered our moving costs, our first month's rent, uh, ability to buy a car for, for the, to travel in Toronto for a job. And, and it felt like, wow, this was already planned before we were stepping into it. A month after we settled, I called up a friend at the job that I'd left and was like, oh, okay, well, how is it going? I guess you're uh, doing fine without me. And they said, well, you left at the right time. The company has just been dissolved. They've sold it off as parts and you wouldn't have had a job. Um, so the things that you can't see, that God can see, is very different than in those moments. And and so I would just draw that in to, to God's faithfulness, where we can't see, but are faithful to him. He can give us the hope and the path forwards. I'm just going to pass to Emily for, for details. For the other side of that story. Because he's just told this wonderful story where everything worked out perfectly. Shortly before we made the decision and prayed and came to Canada. I was pregnant, and then I wasn't. And I know I'm not the only one in the room who's experienced that. Statistically, about a third of the women here have been through that. 
and it's hard, and it's painful. And we thought there was this hope of a baby coming, and then there wasn't. And Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And it was so hard, and it was so painful. And there was another woman in the church who was about the same stage of the pregnancy as I was, and her pregnancy kept going, and her child is 25 now. And then we decided we were going to move to Canada. And one of the things that I knew for sure was that once you've submitted that paperwork, adding another person is really, really complicated and delays stuff. And so we waited. And waiting is hard. Waiting, frankly, sucks. And so we walked through this time where Yes, you know, the paperwork came and we moved to, we, friends said, come stay with us and their move was delayed so we actually ended up moving house with them and their children were delightful and sort of a ray of sunshine through that time. And we moved to Canada and we didn't have an address and we didn't have jobs and we couldn't get, so. There's this circle, right? If you don't have a fixed address, it's really hard to get a bank account. And if you don't have a bank account, nobody wants to hire you because they can't do direct deposit. And if you don't have a job, it's really hard to get a lease. So we had this circle. And fortunately, my parents were just like, well, use our address. So we were able to use my parents' address and get a bank account, and then we started looking for jobs. But our experience was not Canadian. We didn't have Canadian work experience. And again, I know we're not the only people here who have lived overseas. Canada welcomes immigrants and then makes it really, really hard to get jobs. Um, and Alex's experience was in IT, but he didn't have the magic piece of paper documentation that said he could do IT. He just had several years experience. I managed to get a job in a fairly toxic office. Um, and I sat at the dinner table at my parents' house one day. And we were actually eating dinner with them that night, which was also unusual because my whole family at that time were vegetarian and we weren't. So a lot of evenings we would go out or smuggle burgers into the basement and hope my parents didn't notice. Um, <clears throat> they were fully aware. They must have known. There's no way they didn't notice the wrappers in the garbage. Anyway, they were gracious. So we sat at the dinner table with my parents this one night. And... My mom looked at me and said, is everything okay? You seem down today. And I sat there and I burst into tears and I said, I have a job, but Alex doesn't have a job and we're living in your basement and to top it all off, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and my father looked at me and said, isn't that supposed to be like good, exciting news? And I said, maybe tomorrow it will be. <laughs> Because even the pregnancy that we had hoped for and longed for, at that stage, felt like one more thing. And you think about Mary's life, like she's traveling down for the census and she's pregnant and it feels like one more thing sometimes, even in the middle of the blessing. Just because something is a blessing doesn't mean it's easy. It just means that it turns out to be a good thing. So. By the time the baby actually came, we were renting a fairly nice apartment. It was a 
three-story house that had been subdivided. We had the main floor. We had access to a backyard for the kid to theoretically play in if the weather ever cleared up. He was an October baby. Things were good. Alex had a job. We'd bought a car. We'd paid off most of the car loan. We, we were in a good place by the time the baby came because actually hope does not disappoint us. But walking through the hard time to get there is hard, and we live. As Christians, we live in that liminal space between the promise of Jesus' return and him actually coming on the clouds with trumpets and bringing us to be with him. And in our own lives, even now, there are things where I'm in that waiting space where God has promised, but the promise hasn't been fulfilled yet. Um, and it's hard. And so we pray and we hope and we look back at the stories of God's faithfulness and we remember Simeon and Anna who were promised that they would see the Messiah and did all those years later. And we look back at the stories of our own lives and when our own lives seem hopeless, we look at the stories of others' lives and we remember that God is faithful because actually stories of hope when you look at them in the rearview mirror, become stories of God's faithfulness through life. <laughs>